So this is a great segue because talking about the retreat, I'm going to introduce the guest speaker. There was, we, our final, we had a, we used to call it encounters back in the day. And I think this was around 2014 or 2015. And I was going to the final fusion. It was called fusion at the time. It was our last youth retreat. And, uh, and beforehand I was going to church. I was going to youth group for the wrong reasons that it's, I, I've talked about it before, but there was this girl I really liked and I wanted to impress her. So I started going to the youth retreat, another uh, youth retreat, started going to youth more often. I was like, man, like I'm so excited. And my, this guest speaker tonight was there one night preaching and dude, I, it felt like there was fire under my butt. I was so convicted from the message he spoke. And he was and he was calling certain things out for us to get prayer for. And I was at least seven out of the ten that he was calling out. So so it was it was an amazing experience and it changed my perspective. And then when I went to the last encounter, he was there and and he had an amazing message. I'm pretty sure it was. I can't remember what it was because it was such a an, an amazing experience for that encounter. But that encounter that he was at, that one session, God called me to ministry here. And now I am where I am, not just because of, of him, but God used him to move me into my calling, which is to preach the word and to pastor. So tonight's monumental, obviously for me. Um, I've only met him a couple of times, but he is an amazing preacher. When I told my leadership team who was coming guest speak, some of them were like, "Who? who's that? I'm like, Y'all aren't ready for him. <laughs> Y'all are not ready for this man. And so I am very, very honored and blessed. And it's a privilege to have um, Pastor Clay Vance here with us tonight. Can you come up, Pastor Clay? Can y'all give a hand clap for this man? Preach the word, bro. Love you, man. Love you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's pray over Pastor Clay. He wants to come under the authority. So I want to just pray a blessing over him as he preaches. So Father, I pray right now, Lord, I pray the spirit, Lord, of excellence, but Lord, also the spirit of preaching, Lord. I pray that you would help him preach the word tonight. Lord, as he humbles himself before you, Lord, I pray that your word would speak heavily, Lord, over these students. Lord, I pray that it wouldn't fall on bad So I pray that this would be good fruit tonight from him to preach to these students. Lord, I pray that your spirit would continue to reign over this place as he preaches, Lord. And I pray that your spirit would govern what he says so that it can strike the hearts of these students tonight. Lord, we bless you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What a what an honor to be with you guys. And uh, I'm I'm really I'm having a hard time because uh, during the worship I'm having so many different memories of experiences that I've had uh, on these campuses, and I can't even tell you from getting a word about my wife being pregnant whenever we're trying so hard to have a baby. And I can remember how many of you know Kobe Westbrook. Yeah, y'all probably heard a lot of stories about. Kobe and uh, we were here uh, for her celebration of her life uh, with you guys and you know I we had a story to tell and we tried so many times uh, to have our second child and there was one Sunday morning where Kobe grabbed my bride and she said I need you to come up to this altar because I'm about to pray over that baby in your womb listen there is a power 
in Jesus that each and every one of us, we need to not just hear about, we need to experience it. We need to burn with it. You need to know a God who is not somewhere on a cloud uninvolved in your life, but he is so close to you. He's closer than the skin on your bones right now. He is ever present. He is with you at all times, and he wants you to have an intimate relationship with him. And so as I'm standing here, I'm having all these fond memories, but listen, I wanted to do something because as I'm as I'm standing here, I'm remembering when I'm a teenager. I understand I am bald. I get it. I understand I got a beard with gray in it. I get it, but I can promise you right now, I have not forgotten my teenage years. And I can tell you right now, I do not, I have not forgotten what I was full of and it wasn't Jesus. Okay. And so tonight, what I want to do is real quick, I asked one of my daughters if she would pray before we started. Okay. And so would y'all mind if she prays for us before we get started? Come on. This is my daughter, Anna. Lord Jesus, please open our ears to you. Let us be open to a new world of blessings and just for us to bless others too and that we will worship you so much in our days. You you will be so pleased that your tears will rain a thousand times. Jesus, I declare that these students are just blessed through all their years and that they hear you. They hear you so strongly and they are obedient. They are obedient to you, Lord Jesus. And in school, let them bless kids. Let them feel the Holy Spirit. Let them react quickly and say, hey, you, do you want me to pray for you? And they will say, I am open for prayer. And you will say, Jesus wants you in his temple. And I feel like he is calling you right now. And you need to go. You need to go up to the altar. You need to worship. Because there will be a time where he will take everyone. And in the Bible it says, well, my dad thinks that um, after the seven bowl, uh, is it trumpets first? Yeah. Um, after the seven trumpets, he will take all of us who are faithful in him before he pulls, pours out the seven bowls. Yeah. So he will take us up before we see everyone. Because after the seven trumpets, they won't have a chance to forgi- forgive Jesus. They won't have a chance. The, yeah. the seven trumpets is that chance. Yes, Lord. Listen, the reason that I just had her share is this is the reason. You don't believe this right now, but you've got one of those in the future. And what the devil wants you to do is waste your life right now on a moment. And you've got that in your future. You've got some kids running around. You might say, oh, no, 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 you don't know what's going to happen. Wait, listen, I know what God's plan for you is, is that you will be a burning one in your generation and that when your kids are born, that they will be born into a breakthrough with Jesus, that they will grow up in your household. They'll hear Jesus. They'll see Jesus. They will experience Jesus. They might be born into some warfare because you're seeking his face, but at least they'll know the truth that there is a war that they were born into. Listen, do you realize that you are in a war 
right now for your generation. You're not some innocent bystander of everything that's going on in the earth. And look, she's telling you about the second coming of Jesus. Do you know that you are closer to the book of Revelation than you are the book of Genesis? Do you know that Jesus is going to return to planet earth? And all of the signs right now are telling us the clock is ticking and it's getting fast. Listen, you could be, you could be the last generation before he returns. If that's true, if that's true, how should you live your life? You, do you think that Jesus just wants you to be living flippantly and all of a sudden he comes back and you're like, I just barely made it by. No, he wants to use you to win people in Lafayette, Louisiana, in the nations, in the places that you go on mission trips out of this church. Y'all go on mission trips. Y'all go do all this stuff. He wants to use you mightily to minister to this generation. He didn't put you here to do nothing. He put you here because he wants to pour his spirit out on you and he wants to pour his spirit out through you. He's got a calling. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose for your life. The reason that you are breathing God's air right now is because he purposed you to be alive and he purposed you to be alive right now. Right now. First of all, you're not an accident, number one. And number two, you are right on time. You were born for such a time as this. My question is tonight is what were you born for? The first thing you were born for is some of the stuff that's been talked about tonight. Worship the Lord. You need to be a generation of long hours of exposure and the radiance of God's glory. You were created for glory. Everybody is covered under this heavy weight. It's called the kabod of God in the Old Testament. It's the glory of God. Has anybody in here ever read the stories about when the ministers couldn't stand in the temple when the glory of God filled the temple. There was one time in the days of Moses, it said that Moses couldn't enter the temple of God. Moses could not enter the temple of God because the glory was so thick. Listen, if the friend of God couldn't go into the temple because the glory of God was in there so strong, what does that mean for demons? What does that mean for the things of the enemy? If a friend of God couldn't enter that territory, could it be that you could get so close to God in Lafayette, Louisiana, that demons would have to start fleeing and it wouldn't be a city of, of the enemy. It would be a city of God himself. That's what David created when he got the Ark of the Covenant and he put it in the middle of the city because the glory of God would rest on top of the Ark. You are a generation created to see the glory of God in such a fashion that the enemy would flee. The presence would come. I'm not talking about a long distance relationship with a God that is uninvolved in your life. I'm talking about face to face, eye to eye, voice to voice. I see him. I hear him. I know him. I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven and go, oh, I wish I would have spent my life differently. I want to spend it all right now because my God, he spent it all on us on the cross. Did he not pour out his blood? Did he not take the 33 year life he was given and waste it all on us? What if we could be like the woman with the alabaster box? who went before Jesus, and even though it was the most expensive offering she could give, she didn't She didn't hold it like this. When worship was going on, she wasn't like, I'm going to protect this. I'm going to keep this. No, she took that alabaster box, and she broke it at the feet of Jesus. How many times have we gone through a worship service, and we just kept that alabaster box for ourselves? Oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm not breaking nothing. We left with everything we had. Listen, I've seen this generation party. You know how to party. The problem is when it comes to Jesus, we're all subdued and laid back. But if we got some people in a different situation, they'd be losing their mind. Listen, have you ever danced before the Lord? I'm just asking. Has anybody in here ever danced before? I'm not saying you have to dance. I'm just saying 
If you're dancing somewhere else, you should probably dance before the Lord too. Or you better, I don't know, I just, my, I praise God. I'm, I'm going to tell you this, I danced for the devil before I got saved. I'm for sure going to dance for Jesus now. I'm, I'm going to dance, I'm a rock, look, I got a problem with rocking. I, I don't know what my problem is, but when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I just started doing this, and my little, my little arm goes like this, and I just can't stop that thing from doing it. Pastor Jacob said, what kind of microphone do you want? I was like, give me a handheld, because I'll be doing like this. <laughs> praise God. But listen, I believe in this generation and look, I'm supposed to be preaching on something. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Jesus, so many things were happening tonight while I'm sitting here and I'm just like, Lord, this generation, you have purposed them. Listen, I, I don't know if you've ever been so full of something that people could tell. I remember one of the worst days of work. I'm going to tell you about one of my worst days of work as a minister. I walked into the office one day. I opened up the door. And when I opened up the door, y'all, there was a smell that came running down the hall. And I was like, oh, what is that? And I sat there. I was like, I have never smelled anything like that in my life. Y'all, it was bad. And I got in the office and I was like, I hope that goes away as I get closer to my office. I kept going closer and I got to my office and I was like, it's getting worse and worse. I was like, where is that smell coming from? And I, there was only one other person that was there. And so I walked in their office and as I got to their office, y'all, it got worse and worse. And I was like, it's coming from that dude. I'm like, what is that smell? I opened the door and he's a good friend of mine. I don't like, and I don't want, how many of you, have, you, know, you don't want to tell somebody they stink, right? You don't want to just go in there and be like, bro, what is that? I opened the door and he's sitting at his computer like this and I can tell he's uncomfortable. I'm like, what is going on with this dude? And so I just opened the door and he goes, I know, I know. And I'm like, man, are you okay? Is everything all right? He's like, Clay. There's a skunk living underneath my house and I can't get him. And I'm just permeating in this smell. You think it's bad here? You should go to my house. He had been soaking in it so much that it was inside of his clothes. It was inside of his skin. Y'all, he was a carrier. Whenever I got in there, I was like, he had filled the house with the smell that would repel everybody. And so when I was sitting in there, I was like, I don't even know how to pray for this dude. Can we pray this off of this guy? Like, what do you do? I mean, I've heard of taking a tomato soup bath or a tomato-based bath whenever you get sprayed by a skunk. Listen, he was carrying something that changed the atmosphere. If you got close, you were everybody was like, do you smell that? And people would walk in the door and like the, the office people were coming in. They're like, they get to the, what is, you could hear them. What is that? Now me, I had the sense of mind not to say that. You know, wisdom is great. Kind of check things out before you open your Come on. So she, what is that? And so all of a sudden I'm like, okay, we walk in. As we walk in, I'm sitting there listening, or I'm, I'm listening to the responses of the people as they come in. And I'm like, this poor guy, what are we going to do? Listen, he was a carrier. I want to ask you a question. Are you a carrier? When somebody was a carrier of coronavirus, six feet away, give me a mask, go, oh, all this crazy stuff's going on. I'm like, man, my nation is changing. What is happening right now? I don't know whether it's good to have it on, have it off. And I'm not, I don't care about that. I'm not even talking about that. What I'm saying is, is like, it's, when somebody was carrying, everybody was like, it's going to have an effect. It's going to have an effect. Listen, if you are carrying the Holy Spirit, y'all, it's going to have an effect. You right now are in a generational house. Do you know what that means? I don't know if you knew Pastor Francis. How many of you knew Pastor Francis? Listen, he was full of something, and he was carrying something. Then you have Pastor Todd. How many of you know Pastor Todd? He's still here, right? Okay, so he was full of something, and he was carrying something, right? How many of you know Pastor Brandon? 
Oh, yeah, so he's here now? Okay, that dude's full of something, and he's carrying something. And they took what they were carrying. They were like, your turn, bam. And then they go to the next, it's your turn, bam. And they carry. Listen, I want, do you realize that you are a part of a generational movement? There's so much going on right now that is trying to encourage you to keep the generation gap going where you don't receive from the generation that's in front of you. Just do what young people tell you to do. You look, I'm a youth pastor and I've been a youth pastor for like 20 something years. I know that young people will talk to young people before they talk to old people. And a lot of times I find out what's going on with young people from the young people that they're not talking about themselves. They're telling me what somebody else told them. And then I got to go, hey. Hey, what's what's going on in your life right now? And you can't say so and so told me that you're going through this, and I I just got to go in. <laughs> Listen, young people, it's, there's something about adults. It's like you start freaking out. I can't tell them anything. I can't tell them anything. They don't know what I'm going through. We were all teenagers, y'all. One day, it's hard to believe, but I was a teenager. I do remember the teenage years very well. How do you know? I'm still a youth pastor right now. Y'all, I'm 43. People don't do this. People don't do this. They're like, show me the next thing. Show me the next thing. No, no, no. I want to see a generation burn. Like, I I still want to see a generation burn. Listen, but you're in a house where they're carrying. How many of you know the story of Elijah and Elisha? In 2 Kings 2, this interesting story goes on. All of a sudden, Elisha knows that Elijah's about to be taken away from him. And they have this conversation, and he says, Elijah looks at Elisha. He's been serving him. He says, what can I do for you? And he says, I want a double portion of your spirit. He wasn't asking for his externals. He was asking for his internals. The spirit that you carry is what I want to carry in my life. And he looks at him, and he says, you've asked a hard thing. If we are going to fight for generations, this will be the hardest battle that you will ever get into. This is the hardest battle. If you want to go far, do it. If you want to go far fast, do it by yourself. If you want to go far for a long time, do it with the next generation. Listen, but this battle, this is a battle. You will have to fight for your inheritance, and you're going to have to fight to give it. And I'm going to have to fight to give it. Because there's people that I've gone by, and I've wanted to throw something on them, but they didn't want it. And I just had to say, okay, that's fine. We got to look for the next. Who wants it? I got to find that person that will. Look, he's asking you to come to this youth retreat. He's over here plugging. He's like, I, if you got a challenge, bring it. He just told you, bring it. Did you hear what he said? He said, you got a challenge getting to this retreat, bring it. This dude's over here with five smooth stones going, I'm taking giants down. Bring them. I'm ready. He's, I mean, he's literally over here going, show me. Show me what your giant is keeping you from this retreat. I, I got something for it. Come on. Look, he's telling you, you need what you need to do is you need to sign up. You need to get go by this man of God. You say, whatever the vision is that God has given us, I'm with you. Whatever that looks like for me, I'm with you. Come on. Put put it on me, pastor. Put it on me, pastor. He might tell you to go scrub the toilets. Put a song in your heart and sing like David say and worship like David worship. Look. It's not, you don't know it, but the kingdom that you're in right now is an upside down kingdom. You might want to be up here where everybody sees. But the only way you're going to get where God has for you is this way. You got to serve. You know, nobody sees. Nobody sees. I'm going to tell you who sees when you serve. Listen, Elijah was there when Elijah was taken up. The mantle falls down. Elijah, Elisha has to make a decision. 
He's already got clothes that he's wearing. He's already got a mantle that he's got on. The Bible says that he ripped what he had in two. My question for you tonight is what God has for you. Is there something tonight that you need to rip in two? Is there something that has kept you away from your inheritance for your entire life? Is there something that's been a chain in your life? Look, for me, it was that my dad wasn't there. That defined everything about me. Dad wasn't there for this. Dad wasn't there for that. Dad didn't do this. Dad didn't do that. It was my excuse for everything. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I chose to be a victim of a decision of somebody else while God is there and he wants to pour something out on my life. And all I'm doing is standing in the cage. Well, because daddy's not here. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't listen. And God had something for me. And it took me years and years and years to finally snap out of it. Listen, you don't have to wait till you're like me. And I was like 21 years old. And all of a sudden I snap out of it. You can snap out of it right now. Whatever it is that you need to rip in two so that you can receive what Jesus has for you. You need to rip it in two. Amen. The question is, is just like Elijah and Elisha, this mantle falls down. The question is, is will you rip in two what needs to be ripped in two? And will you take your inheritance? Will you take what Jesus has for you and for your generation? Will you do what your leaders have done? He walked over to the Jordan. He took that mantle off. He the Jordan. The Bible says that the Jordan stood at attention, opened up, and he walked over on dry ground. Wouldn't you like to be Elisha at that moment? You'd be like, man, this is my spiritual dad right here. Come on, y'all. You're like, oh, yeah. Bring an enemy this way. This dude like, let's go, y'all. Come on. Like, that's, 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 that's easy stuff, isn't it? Like, when God starts moving like that, you're like, that's my dad. Come on, y'all. That's my dad. I don't know what your dad does, but this one. Look, there's an inheritance that God has for your life. And the question is, is are we just here? Or are we going to set ourselves up to do what our leaders have done? Because listen, this whole city needs Jesus. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying? This whole city needs Jesus. All of you that were raising your hands, you're fixing to go to school. You're fixing to go to school and everybody's got the counterfeit kabod. They've got the counterfeit heavy weight. The devil is, knows that you were created for the glory of God, so he wants to put depression on you. He wants to put hopelessness on you. He wants to put suicide on you. You're sitting next to people all day long, full of the heaviness. You need to be filled with the weight of God's glory so that another heavy weight comes on them. Come on. Is anybody ready? Does anybody want to see it? This is what God has preordained for your life. Say for my life. Say for my life. Okay, we can either just whiz by and get to our old years and go, I wish I would have done this different, or we can go ahead and get with the program of Jesus right here, right now, receive his fullness and move with him. Amen? Jesus. Listen, I was in uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, and they were telling me that there, this place we were going to on Sunday evenings, they always feed these homeless people. And in Alaska, you may not know anything about Alaska. There's, there's entire times, like months and months and months of darkness in Alaska. They go six months with the sun doesn't go down at all. It goes down to the trees at 2 a.m. They go straight back up. I was there with a whole bunch of youth kids, and they sat there every night, and they never went to bed. I was like, they are crazy. And, like, we're doing all this stuff, and I'm just like, I'm so tired. I can't move. They're out there playing football. Hey, man, what's going on? I'm like, just because the sun's up doesn't mean you don't need to sleep. Like, what is going on here? 
they told me about this place. They're like, Clay, don't let anybody lay hands on you. Don't let anybody touch you. Don't let anybody do this place we're going to is demonic. And I was like, no, heaven's going to move. No, Clay, don't, don't, just, no, no, I was like, no, God's going to move. They kept telling, every time they would tell me, I said, heaven's going to invade. We got to the place, and when we got there, I, I stood up, I grabbed the microphone, I started praying, and when I started praying, y'all, I'm not kidding you, this guy stands up in the very back, he walks up onto the platform, and he says, give me the microphone. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, oh, I hope an usher sees him. And I just kept praying. Meanwhile, he's like, give me the microphone now. And I'm thinking, I ain't ever giving you this microphone. I don't give demons the microphone. Microphone. You could, you're gonna have to, you gonna have to submit to somebody. I don't know who it is, but somebody up in here is fixing to do it. I'm praying the whole time. I'm praying, and he's still give me the microphone. Look, you might not understand anything about what I'm saying, but it's, it's all good. Demons are real, and they got to submit to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How do I know demons are real? Before I got saved, I had some. So I'm not just telling you a little story. I'm telling you a personal experience. Those things had to get ejected so I could get free. Okay, so I'm not just telling you some story. I've had my own struggles. Hallelujah. That guy standing back there, this old granny got up, y'all. It was crazy. She stood up, little old lady, walked her little self up there. I'm not kidding. Grabbed this guy by the ear, demon-possessed and everything. Pulled him off of that stage. I'm like, come on. And I was praying. I was like, shut that out. Just praying, man. In the name of Jesus. Atmosphere starts shifting. I look back in the very back, and the old lady has got him by his ear and she's just giving him an earful and I'm like that dude is full of demons and he can't do anything with that granny she had to be an intercessor I'm telling you right now I was like God done sent the right one come on y'all all of a sudden I was like listen if you want to experience Jesus get up here they did and I started praying for him and the Lord started moving all over that room and what they were telling me it's, it's demonic in there it's, and, and they were right it was demonic in there I mean demonica is up there telling me give him the microphone and I'm like, I'm not giving you the microphone. But listen, the Lord moved in the darkest place that they were telling me about on the whole trip. And this is what I want to tell you. I don't care how dark it is where you are going, that if you are full of the Holy Spirit, the Lord will use you where you are going. Is anybody ready? Is anybody ready? My God, look what it says in Matthew 3, 16 through 17. It says, after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, this is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. Listen, Jesus, his identity at this moment was being spoken by the father. The father could have said anything about Jesus at this moment. He could have said he he is the son of the most high. He could have said he's the creator of everything. He is the breath of life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He could have said all that, but this is what he said. This is my. Do you know that you're his? Do you know you're his? This is my beloved. Do you know you are his beloved? He's not tolerating you. He loves you with an everlasting love. This is my beloved son. Do you know that you're his son? Or his daughter. Do you know that you are in the family? If I knew that, I would live differently. If I knew that, I would live differently. I wouldn't look like everybody around me that's so confused. I can't figure out what I am, who I am, what my gender is. I can't forget. I can't understand my sexuality. I can't. All this stuff that's going on. And everybody's like, you can't talk about that. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. Listen, this is the identity. I'm in the family. If I was born a son, I'm still a son, and I'm always going to be a son. If I was born a daughter, I am a daughter. I will always be a... Come on. If God makes mistakes, then somebody's got to tell me why you're on a round ball of dirt. 
suspended in the middle of nowhere. And God spun that joker and it ain't stopped spinning yet. If God makes mistakes, why is it that he put us at the distance away from the sun so that we don't burn up? And he didn't put us so far away so that we don't freeze. God don't make mistakes. Is anybody in here worried about the sun coming up tomorrow? You might be worried about a lot of stuff, but you ain't worried about the sun coming up tomorrow. You know why you ain't worried about the sun coming up tomorrow? He's going to make it happen. He doesn't make mistakes. And tomorrow when you look at the sun, you're going to think he don't make mistakes. Every time you look at the sun, now you're going to be thinking he don't make no mistakes. And don't even get me started on the moon. The moon does crazy stuff where it just starts changing. That joker was full last night. What happened? If anything's confused, y'all, it's the moon. Don't act like the moon. Don't go lunar. That's lunacy. Don't go lunar. You need to look straight at Jesus. Look, I already ran out of time and I hadn't even preached like a quarter of that. Listen, this is what this is what needs to happen. And this is where many of you are. And Pastor Jacob was sharing that word about being the upper room youth. Listen to what happened after the crucifixion of Jesus. Jesus is supposed to be the king of everything. He's going to deliver them from Roman rule. They've been under oppression forever. They've been serving him for three years. Listen, this is what they saw. They saw demons leave when Jesus prayed. They saw the sick healed. They saw the lost get saved. And they saw it over and over. They saw Jesus multiply food. They saw Jesus turn water into wine. They saw Jesus raise dead people. Wouldn't you think, that's my spiritual dad. That's the man. I'm following that dude right there. But then he did something crazy. They built him a cross. You may not know this, but the Romans took 500 years to perfect killing somebody to the extent of they could get you right to death and push the pause button and make you die for a long time, but be so close that you don't actually go over. They weren't expecting that Jesus. They weren't expecting that Jesus. And Jesus has taken them on the crosswalk and he's saying, hey, come follow me. There's two things tonight. One thing is, is, are you following him on that crosswalk? And the second thing is this. Jesus told them, I came to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now I want you to take a th- th- thought for just one second. If you're baptized in fire, are people going to affect you or are you going to affect them? Take just a second. Look, we, we like things nice, neat, prim, and proper. If I caught you on fire right now, what would you be acting like? Sometimes this Christian thing that we're doing right now, this secret thing, I'm a secret Christian. It's a secret. It's between me and the, the Lord. But he said you're supposed to be baptized in fire? If I was baptized in fire and I went to Walmart right now, and I said, whoops, what do you think that would look like? They're all in a room after the death of Jesus. They think he's gone. They think it's over. The doors are locked, and this is what Jesus does. He walks straight through the walls, resurrected body and everything. Do you realize he had a resurrected body like we're going to have? Does that sound fun, walking through walls? Does that sound fun? You guys like stuff like that? Would that be cool? Walk up on your buds? That's what Jesus did, resurrected body. 
Are we going to do that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying it's cool to think about, isn't it? Some people are bored with Jesus, and I, I don't know what's wrong with people who are bored with Jesus. The dude walks through walls. Everybody's scared. They're, they're, they lock the doors, and they're like, we all going to die. Kind of like your generation. We're all going to die. Coronavirus is going to kill us. Depression is going to kill us. My identity confusion is going to kill me. Everybody's on the same room, listening to the same message, and everybody's looking at their cell phone at the same time. I'm going to scroll to death, my thumb. Ah! Look, I didn't run out of time. I know. I understand. Listen, they're all in that same room. You're supposed to be upper room youth. Listen, this is what Jesus did. He walked straight through the wall. And this is what he said. And this is what he's saying to you. Peace be with you. Culture's telling you, death be with you. Death be with you. Jesus walks in the room. Peace be with you. He breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. He tells them, I want you to go into Jerusalem and wait. Do you think if you spent three years with Jesus, you could preach a pretty good message about him? After you saw all the stuff that the disciples saw. Do you think you could preach a pretty good message? I, I know that dude. I know that dude. Jesus, I know, see, I know Jesus. Do you? Do you think you could preach a pretty good message? Look, I was at the wedding of Cana. He took, he told us, he said, go get 12 30 gallon containers. Think about that for just a second. That ain't you just walked over there and we're like, fill me up, please. That's more like how we're gonna move one of these things. Especially when we get the water in it, it's heavy without it because it was made out of stone. When are we going to do when we, come on, talk about glory. Listen, he wanted to fill it up. You know what he wants to do to you? He wants to fill you up till you overflow. That's what immersion is. Not a little bit till you're overflowing. You got so much Jesus in you, not death, not I'm sitting in the room. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. No, you're going to live and see the salvation of the Lord in the land of the living because that's what he's got for you. Go wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. He said until you're clothed with it. Can you imagine you put on power? Does that sound like nice, neat, and pretty? Does it? Like, no, I'm wearing power. What does that mean? You might get electrocuted when you hang around. And you might say, no, that's not real. Oh, it's real. How real is it? Listen, I met somebody one time in, in an airport. I met, I met this person, right? I see him. Like, hey, man, how's it going? I've seen this person before. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, man, how's it going? Awesome, awesome, awesome. And so I go over and I stick my little earphones. I don't, I don't have earphones. He had earphones. He stuck his earphones in. I walked over. I'm minding my business. I'm trying to get on a plane. And he's sitting there. And I pray for this guy. I pray for this guy. Like in my personal life, I pray for this guy. I'm meeting him for the first time. And, I, and the Lord tells me, tell him you pray for him. I said, I'm not telling him I pray for him. I'm not doing that. The Lord said, no, I want you to tell him that you pray for him. Okay. I said, I, okay. I said, hey. He's got his earphones. Hey. He pulls his earphones out. I'm like, I pray for you. I was like, God, you couldn't give me more than that? Like, what about a birthday or something? Could you give me like a word of knowledge? You know what I'm saying? He's like, no, tell him. I told him. He puts it, oh yeah, that awesome man. Puts his earphones in. I was like, well, that nothing happened. Nothing. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get on this plane and I'm leaving. I'm leaving on a jet plane. I don't know if I'm ever coming back again. <laughs> and the Lord says, tell him again. Give me a birthday, Jesus. <laughs> I 
He pulls his earphones out and I said, no, man, I'm serious. I pray for you. I'm minding my own business on my little trip. When I got on the jet plane, I got on the plane and left. I was like, okay, the Lord didn't tell me to do nothing else. I was done. I got a phone call from my pastor. Clay, did you meet so-and-so? I did. He said, did you touch him? I said, no, pastor, I didn't touch him. I didn't touch him. I'm like, what, what's going on right now? Did you touch him? I was like, no. I said, no, no, did somebody call and said it was a bald-bearded guy. I know it was you. <laughs> I was like, I met him. Shook his hand. Didn't touch him. He said, okay. He said, well, I just got a phone call. He was on the plane for an hour, and he shook. The stewardess were coming to him, giving him a blanket. They thought he was sick, and he kept telling them, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm sure he was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not sick. Listen, I'm asking you something. How many of you in here, you want your generation to experience something more than you just talking to them about Jesus? Listen, you need to do that. You got to preach the word and not what you think you got to preach. You got to preach the word. You got, and there might be some areas we think different things and there's no reason splitting hairs on everything is not even the point. You got to preach the word, right? The next thing is, is that he should be working with us with signs, wonders, and miracles doing stuff. Stuff that like, I, I can't ignore that. Why am I? I feel like I put my light, my finger in a light socket. How many of you know? Power. Power. Is it always like that, Pastor Clay? No. Is it like that sometimes? Do you want it to be like that? Listen, here's one of the things. You got to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus told them, don't go anywhere. Do you think it was optional? I, I mean, I meet so many people in Christendom right now. They're like, it's optional. Is it? I mean, is it? Okay, there's. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I like the Father. I like the Son, Holy Spirit. I don't. You think God's okay with that? Like, no, I know that's not the heart of most people. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying at all. But that's, that's kind of what we're doing. It's like, if the Holy Spirit comes in the room, what are we going to do? Uh, stuff's going to start happening. Like, stuff's going to start happening. Like, people are going to get healed. People are going to get saved. People are going to get delivered. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. But is he in your living room? Is he in your living room? So listen, look, I don't know what we need to do. I know I just absolutely wrecked everything. <laughs> listen, if you have never received a baptism of the Holy Spirit, first of all, I want to tell you it's for you. Peter, when he preached the message, he said, this is for you and all of your children who are far off. How many of you are a child? Are you somebody's child? Yeah, you're a son or a daughter? Say, I qualify. For you that are here and all those who are far off. He pretty much said, this is for everybody. This is for everybody. Your mama, your auntie, everybody. This is for all of y'all. Everybody. Some people are like, it's just for a few people. It's a gift for a few. No, no. That's not how it happened. Listen, how many people were in the upper room? Somebody tell me. Upper room youth. There's 120 in the upper room. Say 120. This is what the Bible says. Cloven tongues of fire came in the room. How many of you would be freaked out right now? Now, listen, we read the Bible. We don't really think this through. If tongues of fire just fell in here right now, what would we be doing? Some of us would be looking for Bible verses. Oh, God, what are we going to do with this? Oh, is this in the word? Like, we, I'm serious. We would. We'd be like, okay. It's a, it's a little easier to be in here, isn't it? Like, there's no clo cloven tongues of fire in here right now. He said it rested on 12 of them. It was only for a few of them, right? It rested on 30 of them? It was 30 of them. 
God just picked a special 30. Those 30 were awesome. They were so spiritual. They got it right all the time. They were awesome, y'all. That's why they got them cloven tongues of fire. That's why they over there, they're tongue talkers now. Because they were awesome. No. What does it say? 120. And 120 received their own tongue of fire. If you had a tongue of fire, would you be talking normal? Now listen, we like we want to go to Como, we want to go to Acadiana High, we want to see the Rams get set up fire on fire for Jesus. We want to see everybody get set on fire for Jesus. Listen, if that's going to happen, listen, you better be carrying something different because your generation's full of demons. You walking down your halls, I'm telling you right now, demons everywhere. Pastor Clay, no, I'm telling you, that's what you're dealing with. But if you got a tongue of fire, don't matter. What's eating me is going to eat you. Because greater is he. Does anybody know that word? Is he that's where? In me. Than he that's in my house school. That's in my hallways. It's not for a select few. I came to tell you, it's for you. It's for you. But the question is, is will you receive it? Why don't you stand to your feet? Jesus. Pastor, if I just need to stop, if I need to do, tell me what I, just tell me what I need to do. If you're in this room right now, and first, things between you and Jesus are not right. You're not living for him. You don't know if you die right now. If your first breath your next breath after this last one that you had, if you died right now, you don't know where you'd be at. If you right now, you need to get your life right with Jesus. We want you in this moment to have an opportunity to say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Jesus, Forgive me of all my sins. Break every demonic thing the enemy has tried to do in my life since I've been born until now. Lord, set me free and be Lord of my life. If that's you in this room, you need to get your life right with Jesus. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I see your hands. If you're raising your hand right now, this is what I want you to do. I'm going I'm to lead you in a prayer. I'm just going to ask you to repeat after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, forgive me of all my sin. Write my name down in the Lamb's book of life. I want to live for you for the rest of my life. Jesus set me free from everything the enemy has tried to do in my life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, those of you that raised your hand and you just prayed that prayer, when this service is over, you need to go talk to Pastor Jacob. Let him know what you just prayed, and he's going to tell you what to do next. Now, for the rest of you, if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is what I'm talking about. You receive your prayer language, and you might say, what, what, what's that all about? 
Listen, this is what it's about. The Bible says that when we pray in the Spirit, that we build ourselves up in our most holy faith. And you are the most attacked generation that's ever walked the face of this planet. This is a generation that needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that they can be built up. And if you're built up, guess what? You can build up others. It says in Romans chapter 8 that when we don't know what to pray for, that He he tells us what to pray for and He prays through us. How many of you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to pray for next? You can pray in tongues and the Holy Spirit is praying the perfect will of God over the saints through your life. The second thing is, is he wants to give you power to be a witness. In other words, so stuff that will get people's attention will start happening. How many of you know it's hard to get your generation's attention? Only Jesus can do it. If you're in this room right now, and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we want to pray for you. If that's you, come on up here. Jesus. Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill this room right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, that you would fill this generation with more of you. Father, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, that you would begin to pour out your spirit like water on the dry ground. God, we ask you, Lord, to begin to fill them to overflowing, that your life and that your love, Father God, would totally consume this generation. Lord, that you would do something in this generation that people would be more insane to ignore it than they would to acknowledge it. Father, we ask you right now, Lord, that you would save our generation. Father, that you would raise up witnesses. Father, you said that the harvest, Lord Jesus, is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Father, we ask you, Lord, to send forth laborers in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask you right now, Lord, that you would release the Holy Spirit and fire. Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would release more. Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would release rivers of living water, rivers of living water. If there's more, don't, don't pass up the opportunity. Don't pass up the opportunity. If you didn't respond and you needed to, the altar is still open. Father, we ask